Hey guys, welcome to the Blindside Podcast. I'm your host, Nico. Please uh, thank you to our sponsor, Ruby Rock Solar. If you would like to know more about solar here in Texas, please give them a call at 559-8192 or visit their website at Ruby Rock Solar. Thank you again, guys, for sponsoring the show. Please welcome a, some dear friends of mine, Jordan Finewax and Eric Down. Guys, welcome to the podcast. Hey, great Nick. to be here, Nick. Appreciate awesome. it, man. Dude, awesome. I'm, I'm glad to have you guys on, like I said. Um, just, you know, I was going through my list, and I was like, the next people I have to have on are you two. You know, you guys helped me with a lot, you know, um, when you guys were at Eastside, and I, like I've said, I've always appreciated it. Hey, our pleasure, man. Always good to to make friends when we do some work stuff. Exactly. So. Yeah, we, we loved uh, working with you, Nick. It was always a pleasure working with you every day. Thank you. Well, you know, um, I do, I, I, you know, I, I just, you know, learning about Eastside, you know, you guys know the, the story. And for those of that don't know, um, for the listeners, I got Eastside about mm, three, going on three years ago and um, met Jordan, short, like literally right after that. Um, and then, you know, it just, it went from there and then met Eric and, you know, became good friends. It seemed like over the phone. And then I was able to meet Jordan, um, like, maybe two years later, like last year, uh, before COVID, um, going to Austin and, uh, just, it was an opportunity, you know, and hopefully once COVID's over, you know, head out to Toronto and, and hang out with both of you guys and maybe go grab some drinks or something, you know, and just kind of, you know, share my experiences with y'all, you know, if I could, you know, in person, you know, cause I, I think a lot of people, they look at me, I look normal on the outside, but people don't understand that, you know, on the inside, it's, you know, from cerebral palsy, very mild case of it to, you know, optic nerve atrophy, um, you know, and, you know, I try to not, not show it as much, you know, uh, cry wolf as you would say. Um, and so, you know, but you guys have been just a, a great part of the, the Eastside journey for me and, you know, um, and like, you know, just hearing my story and sharing other stories, you know, and that's why I just thought, you know, get you guys on because, uh, you know, I want to be able to inspire other people like you guys inspired me just being there at Eastside, you know, and, and giving us hope for, you know, the future. And I want to be able to do that for someone else who may be going through vision loss or, uh, some different disability, whether it's diabetes type one or, um, cerebral palsy or just anything in general. Yeah. That's, you know, Nick, it's always awesome hearing your story. It was, what, what was the place we got to, uh, uh, that we got that we went to in Austin. What was that little little bar that we went to? That was Thunderbird Coffee. Oh, that was fantastic. That was good. Um, I, I'll tell a quick story for for everyone listening. We were there. It was uh, me and my wife and Nick uh, and his buddy. I can't remember. Uh, Trevor. Trevor. Um, and we were all enjoying. Uh, you know, I was able to. Yeah, I figured I'd treat Nick to a beer, um, which was great. Uh, and then, I know where this uh, is going. Yes. So we, we bought some churros um, and uh, also um, bought alongside the churros. I believe it was like a, a sausage bun of some sort that had this delicious mustard sauce. Um, and accidentally, and, and it was a great moment. Listen, it's, it's always funny, but accidentally, Nick, uh, instead of grabbing a churro and dipping it in the caramel sauce, which does have a yellowy tinge, um, he went ahead and dunked it into the mustard sauce and didn't bat an eye until we all asked him and said, did you mean to do that, Nick? And uh, he said, no, but it still tastes good. Um, and, you know, 
as much as that's a funny story, I mean, that's, you know, being at eSight um, definitely gave me some understanding of what vision loss really is. You know, that's, that's a happening that could be embarrassing. I mean, we all laughed it off. We were all having a good time. Um, but in other social situations, that could be embarrassing. Um, you know, Nick has, you got like the greatest spirit anyway, so it didn't matter, but gave me a real appreciation for my own eyesight, for what I can do um, around, but also that everyone, you don't know what they're going through until you ask, until you understand. Um, so really awesome to, to be on the show here today with you. Thank you. Well, you know, Jordan, Eric, I don't know if y'all remember um, when I lost the glasses. Can we kind of touch on that? Because you did bring up kind of embarrassing kind of stories. And I think people would because I remember you didn't get a kick out of it at first. But then afterwards, we were, y'all were more, I think, shocked than I was. I don't if I don't if I remember it's been so long. It, I think that's over to Eric. Eric, were you there for that? <laughs> for when Nick lost his glasses? Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I wasn't here for that. I don't think. Oh, okay. So I'll, I'll quickly go for it. Go through it, Nick. Maybe maybe you'll help me fill in some blanks. Uh, okay. Nick left his glasses, his eSight glasses, on the bus. Um, contacted the bus company, couldn't find them. There was actually a news story around it. Uh, you know, local resident leaves a pair of electronic glasses on a bus. If anyone finds them please return them to the owner. Um, call, Nick called us in a panic, obviously, you know, basically losing his very precious, very important glasses. Um, and we said, okay, let's see what we can try doing, what we can help with. Literally the next day, was it, if I re- recall correctly, is that right, Nick? I think it was two days after. Two days after. Um, mm-hmm. Nick got a, was it Nick got a call or was it the The news got anchor a got a call, the station got a call. Station got a call from a pastor um, or a priest. I can't remember which one, uh, but essentially someone in the church community, a homeless person, someone who didn't have shelter, someone who had found it, uh, ended up giving it back to the church, I think for, I don't know, was it, what did he offer? Was it $10 or something for it? 10 um, bucks. 10 bucks. Uh, gave it back to the, the, the establishment there. Uh, they called the news anchor and uh, we're able to get uh, Nick's glasses returned within two days. Um, I, I can't believe that happened, Nick. That's pretty hilarious. <laughs> Eric, what do you think of that? That's beautiful, man. That just shows the serendipity of life, right? Like what, what are the odds that a guy found your glasses, was willing to take it to the church? You know, the people at the church who got the glasses had happened to listen to that news story that day and called in. Like, I think it's an awesome example of the universe just working out sometimes. And, you know, Nick, I think you deserve all the bumps in the, the universe, all the positive uh, little things like that. So, uh, yeah, I think it's, it's, a, it's a funny story, honestly. The, the priest makes it sound like a joke almost. Like, so this priest found these electronic glasses on the subway. Like, it sounds like the opening to a joke. Um, but I, I think it's a very funny and what actually story. okay I'll, I'll stop you on that one it was actually one of the maintenance workers that the homeless guy approached the maintenance worker and he's like hey i need some money for food and the maintenance worker's like look i've got 20 bucks but i need money for food too also i'll you i'll buy them for me from 10 for 10 bucks you get some money and i get some money for lunch oh that's awesome that's hilarious so everyone wow. everyone ended up happy 
Well, that, but I, I still remember how Jordan, how upset Jordan and everybody was. Because I remember I called and they had me on speaker and everybody w- was mad. Um, and I was just, uh, I think y'all were more upset than I was. And then when I called, y'all had me on speaker. And I remember everybody cheering for excitement because I didn't even know I was on speaker. And then I heard everybody, I was like, am I on speaker? It was, it was a great Surprise, moment. you're on speaker. <laughs> Great moment, great moment, Nick. Well, hey, Jordan, I want to talk to you about um, kind of how you and Eric, how y'all found out about ESET. I mean, I know you guys live in Toronto. It's a Toronto-based company. And kind of what led y'all to kind of, you know, go for a company that focuses with uh, their main focus is visual impairments and people with with uh, visual needs. Eric, do you want to go first on that one? Yeah, I don't mind. I don't mind telling my story. So. It's funny, when I, uh, zooming back to before I worked at Eastside, I worked at a company called Procter & Gamble. You might have heard of them. They make a lot of soap products and things like that. And uh, while I enjoyed my time at Procter & Gamble, I often felt that I wasn't contributing back to society enough. Like at the end of the day, mm-hmm. we were just making Tide detergent and Crest toothpaste, like nice things, but not really changing the world by any means. Uh, and so one day I went out for a drink with my friend Vasanth, who is an old friend from university. We went to school together and right. he told me that he was working at this awesome company called eSight. Uh, and he basically told me the eSight story and he said how, you know, we're making electronic, electronic glasses for the visually impaired and how, you know, it was amazing how the technology worked and how many lives it touched and impacted and that they were looking for someone in their marketing department. Um, so I thought that was a, a really inspiring story. It kind of ticked the box for me of doing something a little bit more meaningful and, and positive, uh, in the world uh, than just selling soap. And so I decided to jump at the opportunity and, and join the team. Um, so that was kind of my story for how I found out about eSight. Jordan, you want to go? Yeah. Um, very, very, well, a little different from Eric. I wasn't in the for-profit world. It was actually in nonprofit before. Um, I worked for a youth organization and uh, it was time for a change there. Um, I had been looking online. Uh, actually, a friend of mine from school was the staff accountant um, overseeing new business ventures. Um, I had liked the status of the then director of marketing um, saying we're hiring for a marketing coordinator position. Uh, And I just fell down the rabbit hole. I said, oh, my goodness, the ability to, just like Eric said, the ability to help individuals with vision loss, this is just outstanding. This is unbelievable. It's so mission-driven. It's got such an awesome um, air to it. And it's something that I wanted to learn more about. I didn't know a lot of people with visual impairments. I didn't know a lot about disabilities in general. Um, And it was really cool for me to jump on. I literally applied online. I went through the whole process um, several weeks and made my way to to joining as the the then marketing and outreach coordinator. So similar in, you know, being able to work for a mission-driven company. Hey, am I able to tell my interview story uh, at eSight, what my last final round interview was about? This is open game. Anything goes. (laughs) Awesome. So at eSight, we've got, uh, you know, we've had different leadership, but... One leader uh, is named Gregory. He's the chief operating officer. He's been at eSight for probably like three years or so now, maybe a little more. Um, mm-hmm. So anyways, he's a, he's a very impressive entrepreneur. He's got a lot of 
amazing experience. Uh, he's very driven. He has an amazing like energy and passion, but he can be a little intimidating. And so in my final interview with him, I, I walked into the room, I shook his hand. He's about six foot six, probably six foot five, a very tall, lanky, kind of strong figure with a thick French accent because he's from France. And so he started asking me, you know, normal questions. What's your background? Why, why do you want to join it? You say, and then out of nowhere, he asked me a question. He said, okay, so if I were to drop you off in Austin, Texas, right oh. tomorrow, right? Hypothetically, I think he said Georgia. We'll say Austin, Texas for, uh, okay. for you, Nick. Um, but he said, <laughs> I would drop you off there with no phone, no wallet, no keys and tell you, you had to get home to Toronto in 24 hours. What would you do? And so he put, really put me on the spot. Like, that's a strange interview question. And so uh, I was like, okay, well, I guess, you know, I'd uh, panhandle for a quarter and then go call my parents and see if I could get, you know, support. And he's like, no, 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 like, you can't do that. Yeah, you, you've got to only use what you have on your body. So I'm like, I guess I'm going to sell my watch. Like, I try to come up with these answers. And it was just, I was so flustered. Um, but it was, a, it was a funny experience. I was like, I've never been asked a question like that in all the interviews I've ever been in, in my life. Wow, that sounds like an interesting interview question. I get the basic one. So what are your hobbies? What do you like to do for fun? Those are the only ones I ever get. Yeah. Hey, that's and good. maybe maybe on an occasion, maybe on an occasion when I'm, I'm wearing my e-site to the interview, they'll ask me, well, what's on your head? Yeah. <laughs> Tell me about the glasses. They always they always think it's a VR headset. I'm like, no, it's not VR headset. It's, a, it's augmented reality. It's like legit. So, that's no, awesome. um. How did you guys, okay, I know, Jordan, how did you find out about me? Eric, how did you find out about me? What was the, what's the scoop? I've always wanted to know, was it like word of mouth? Was it like, hey, we've got this, this person in Texas. Uh, what was the, what's the scoop? Jordan, why did you take uh, this one first? Yeah, I, I think for me, there was um, a special event happening. Um, and we had a bunch of names. I mean, we were, we're a startup. I mean, eSight was a startup. eSight still is a startup. It's, it's working at its kinks. Um, and there were profiles of specific individuals who were fundraising or working through things. And, um, you know, it was, this is the person we're going for. Uh, and the way I got introduced, actually, really funny. Um, I wasn't part of the selection process. Nothing like that. I was told, Jordan, we need some help building the secondary website um, for the fundraising campaign, for this guy, Nick, you can read a story. It's really, really, really cool. Um, and I think that's where, like, I quote-unquote met you or, or heard about you first um, was at that moment. And I watched your video. Um, I think there was a small video uh, for that fundraising campaign. And then, I mean, that was with a, a past person. I think his name was Mahmood. Um yes. And then it moved forward and, and you and I did some work um, with some, you were telling me about all these different news stations you had and we worked together since I was part of PR, the PR team at that point. Um, and then mm -hmm. I just kind of kept going from there. And I still, to this day, um, I actually brought it home with me. It's sitting here on my front desk uh, is the nice picture that you sent over to me framed um, uh, that you sent over to me after we met um, all the way back in December of 2019. So uh, pretty awesome uh, on that front. Um, Eric, how did how did you hear about Nick? Was it through me? Yeah, I think it was through you, Jordan. If I'm not mistaken, uh, one of the first projects I took on at eSight was trying to 
run kind of a, a program uh, from users of eSight to actually recommend to other people. Uh, and, and Nick, you, you remember, we talked quite a bit about this. Right. Um, and you were able to spread the word awesomely about eSight. Uh, but Jordan, I think you introduced me because I was looking for, you know, five to 10 super users, people who uh, loved eSight and were vocal about it and willing to do PR and, and go out and talk to people. And uh, I think the first person on the list was Nick um, that Jordan passed me. So I knew, I knew right away that you were pretty passionate and that you had a, a ton of drive and ambition um, to spread the, the word of eSight. And so I think you were the first person I called, if I'm not mistaken, uh, when we were setting okay. up, setting yeah. up the program. I think you're right on that one. I, I don't know why. I just kept picturing Jordan come up to you at the desk, but like, yo, you need to call this guy. Call him right now. <laughs> that's basically, that's what happened. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. Yeah. And and Eric, you just give Jordan this look like, okay, I'll do whatever you say, but you're too excited about this. Yeah, basically, right? And so, you know, <laughs> suffice to say, you lived up to expectations and you had a ton of passion and energy for it. Um, yeah, I think I think Jordan told almost every new employee of the marketing team about your your drive and your passion for eSight if we ever needed any super users for testing or you know spreading the word in any way doing pr like you were always the first one yeah well you know and i i still do as much as i can i mean as for now you know um you know i kind of uh i was going to share a little bit you with you guys um i actually applied for a job in broadcasting unfortunately didn't get it but decided to kind of do my own thing, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, I've done somewhat broadcasting PR stuff for eSight, you know, I was like, well, I've got the passion for it. I've got the knowledge for it. And that's something that literally drives me. I've, I was once told in, in, in high school that if you find something you love doing, and I hope this is true, that you'll never work a day in your life. Mm hmm. Like it'll just be, it'll just be going to you, you're going to work, but you're doing something you really enjoy. Yeah. I think that's, that's great. Who told you that? That was actually my theater teacher in high school, and this was my senior year, um, and she had mentioned that to us, and this, I think, was like the last three, four weeks before our graduation, and that just really, it stuck with me, and, you know, I just was like, you know what, that's going to stay with me, and it did. That's awesome. That's awesome. And so I just, I've always wanted to do motivational speaking. I've always wanted to do broadcasting. And, you know, I'm like, we live in a world now where you can literally pop on anchor, uh, what we're, I'm using now, and you can literally make a podcast within an hour and you can upload it to the world, you know, and it's just really cool. You know, I'm, I'm big into music. I love electronic music. I think me and Jordan, we talked about this, you know, I love dead mouse. I love Skrillex, um, you know, all these all these artists that you know of course Tiesto, you know just music is what always has driven me to to pursue something you know and whether i'm down or whatever i go to music right away or i pull one of jordan's videos up uh jordan's got an awesome video uh where he was at the time at eSight and he uh, surprised a kid for christmas and gave him his very own eSight and that was like hmm i want to do something in well, that one thing i, I one thing I'll clarify about that, as much as I was there and a little elf helping out, <laughs> it was actually Santa, who was the gym owner, who was also visually impaired and hadn't eSight, had raised enough money through his programs to then purchase an eSight for an unsuspecting child during Christmas okay. uh, to set the record straight. <laughs> it was an awesome, I know it was an awesome initiative from a community member looking to give back to someone else in me. Ah, okay. I just, I remember you were so 
you know, full of life. And I was like, that's if, if I can do something like that, that's what I want to do to be able to give, you know, and, and makes a difference in the world. Because people don't realize if you work at Eastside or if you help with Eastside in any way, you're really making a difference. Yeah, yeah no, I, you I know. totally agree with that. Yeah, the mission-driven part of the company was, you know, I think my favorite part, the fact that you can go to work every day and know that you're changing lives is pretty impactful. I mean, I don't know a job where you can travel the world, uh, travel from Canada to the U.S. and, and different countries to surprise somebody from the company you work for and say, Hey, we're sending you out to um, Houston, Texas to surprise someone at a school to give them their very own e-site. You know, I mean, it's just, you know, you don't see that nowadays, you know, and for a company like that e-site to, to say, Hey, we're going to send Jordan, we're going to send Eric out both out and we're going to surprise, uh, we're going to surprise a little girl who has had this visual issue for a long time, you know, and, and I've been on that receiving in and I've been on that giving in and it is just a, it's a really good feeling, you know, and if you get an opportunity to do something like that, I say, take it because it'll, it'll definitely change your life. That's beautiful, man. Yeah, I agree. Right. It's, um, you know, it definitely is a pretty special company in a lot of ways. And I think, you know, the, the moments where people are able to try eSight for the first time or get gifted in eSight, or anything else like that are truly, you know, they tug at the heartstrings. And I think um, it, it just goes to show the importance of companies like eSight and, you know, other companies out there that are able to support the visually impaired community. Um, I think it's something that needs to be invested in more, to be completely honest. Um, right. It's a, it's a really, it's life-changing when you're able to have those uh, moments with people who are visually impaired. Right. Jordan, Eric, I want to ask you, um, you know, you guys get to drive and stuff day in and day out, you know, drive to work or, you know, just drive to get out and stuff. Do you think at some point that technology will get, I mean, it's the way it's gotten with Eastside has been phenomenal. Do you think it'll get to the point where maybe somebody who's visually impaired can maybe drive a car, a self-driving car, or maybe get their license and drive at least during the day, but not at night? I would say emphatically, yes, I think we're almost there. Um, and when I say almost, I mean like maybe 10 years, maybe 15 years, maybe certain regulations. But I think emphatically, yes, there will be a point where people with living with visual impairments um, will be able to drive cars with some restrictions, but be able to drive it all together. Yeah, I completely agree with, with Jordan. I think we're very close. I think, you know, I think it's 10 to 15 years. Never might, might even be less than that, to be honest. Um, and I think that it's going to be a great day because it'll offer that much more independence to, to anyone, right? If you're able to actually get out there and go drive, just go for a drive in the afternoon if you want to get out of the house or go travel to another city. Um, I think it's, it's coming and it's going to be an awesome day. Another topic, this kind of has to do with driving, but it's the opposite flying. You think that's going to happen or may? Uh, well, <laughs> well, we know you're an avid. Go ahead. We know you're such an avid flying junkie with your friends and whatever else. But uh, uh, that one, I'd like to think so. I'd like to think once it goes to cars, um, it'll make its way to planes. But I think that's another on top of wherever it takes for cars, I think that's another, you know, 15 to 20 years away after that too. Just to, just to make sure everyone is safe. I'm going to go the other way on this and say that 
I think that day has already come. I swear I've seen pictures of you flying planes already, Nick. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. With my buddy Jack, who's yeah. in Austin. Um, yeah, that uh, that's a fun experience. And driving race cars. I will put that out there. I have done that. I know Jordan and Eric were not happy about that when I did do that with the e-site. They were kind of a little well, upset. And Jordan we did. Said, do yeah. not drive. <laughs> we just couldn't promote that, I'd say. <laughs> Hey, when somebody gives you a, a, the keys to a, a BMW M235 and M2, you kind of have to go for it. Yeah, I get it, man. I'd do the exact same thing if I were in your shoes. And especially when somebody gives you a, the keys to a little Mini Cooper when you can zip, zip around at 40 miles an hour going uh, on a turn drifting the car, might as well go for it. <laughs> oh, that's funny. So... But Jordan, I want to ask you, because you are the, the, the person I've been wanting to ask, and Eric, Jordan has, if anybody doesn't know, Jordan has a Instagram page. It's called Fine Foods with Fine Wax, and Jordan makes the most amazing foods I've just seen. I've never tasted them, but and everybody at Eastside has said it. Um, I think Stephanie had said it, that you're a good cook. It seems like you wow everybody you know just by photos and stuff like hey look what i made and it's like man i wish i were eating at jordan's house jordan what made you and prompted you to start cooking and to like do full-time you know instagram to to show people hey this is how we cook this is the the stuff you should buy for your kitchen what prompted you i mean what was the the drive in that um well, thank you for that lovely introduction on that front. You're welcome. Uh, at Fine Foods with Fine Wax um, is run by me and my wife. I can't take all the credit. She does just as much cooking, if not a little bit more, and does all the photography for it. Um, I just write the silly little captions <laughs> underneath. So it, it's pretty fun that way. Um, what prompted me is I've always been interested in food. Probably since I was about 10 or 12 years old, I would come home and watch the Food Network. Um, and you know, I knew my food was good. Uh, practice makes perfect. It's a skill just like anything else. Um, and it, it just really, during COVID, I had the extra time on my hands. I wasn't commuting to work back and forth. Uh, my wife wasn't either. So we had the ability to really go ahead and take it to that next level mm-hmm. um, where there were daily posts, um, meal plans, meal prep, um, really anything and everything food related. So I uh, really just wanted to be able to share that and build a little bit of a brand. It doesn't need to be totally professional. You know, we still have our kinks to work out and it's not going to be uh, necessarily a, a money maker, um, but it's fun to do. It keeps us busy um, and it's something we get to do together. So that's my, my favorite part about everything else. Jordan, what would you say to somebody like who, like in the visually, imp- uh, visual, vi- uh, visually impaired community who wants to get in cooking like you and your wife and stuff, what would you say to them if they want to do it, but they have the challenge of, okay, I have, you know, maybe low vision, uh, certain, you know, uh, visual impairment. What would you say to them if they wanted to do it, but they were afraid to because that obstacle of being visually impaired is in the way? I- I'd say don't let it be an obstacle. I mean, just go slow. I mean, you know, if it takes you a few extra minutes, whether you're an avid cook or a beginner or you have a visual impairment or you have a physical impairment, <laughs> you know, take things a little bit slower, do the things you know you can, and then push yourself little by little. I think that's the same way in everything in life is push your limits to wherever they can go. Um, whether that's trying new techniques in the kitchen um, like searing and basting and, and, you know, getting your chopping skills. I, I think what's really great and it's a skill that can be learned. I mean, 
as soon as you get it down, as soon as you've been doing it time and time again, you can chop with your eyes closed. I mean, I can chop with my eyes closed. I'm terrified. I'd be a little <laughs> bit nervous, but I, but I'd be, I'd do it slowly um, to start. And as long as you have the right techniques in place, you should be totally able to, to, to get things okay. going. I, I think it should never be a, a, a limitation just like everything else. Okay. Um, I'm going to ask you this, Jordan, what is the most amazing thing and fun thing you've ever cooked? Ever? Like ever. Well, we could say in the last three months since COVID started, maybe three, four months that you were like, wow, this is fun, but this was really good. Cause I, I say, think you're, I, I mean, I, hold up. I think you're in the kitchen and I hear plates. Yeah, that's, that's, that, yeah, we're, we're, we're doing some plating for, for the Instagram and for some lunches for tomorrow and, and Friday. Um, but uh, I think one of the most fun things um, is usually pizza making. I mean, it's so versatile. Um, you can really top your pizzas with anything. Um, making the dough from scratch, always fun too. So uh, I think pizza is still one of my favorite things to go ahead and show that you can make different um, you can go crazy with toppings. You can go really light with toppings. You can make your own tomato sauce. You can buy it out of a can. Like it really doesn't matter. I think it's so versatile in that front. Mm-hmm. Eric, your your turn now. What is your, like? What's your hobby? Is it photography, cooking? Are you getting like Jordan becoming a chef? You know, Food Network maybe. Yeah. Play? No, it's a good <laughs> question. I mean, I I would say that I definitely don't have a flashy hobby like Jordan by any means, or like a very useful <laughs> hobby. I'm a big bookworm. I, I read a ton of books. Um, so that's kind of like my biggest hobby probably where I spend the most amount of, amount of my time. Uh, but I also love sports. So I'll play volleyball every week with my friends, uh, watch a lot of NBA basketball, big fan of that. Um, and just like hanging out with friends, exercising, doing sports and, and reading books. Those are kind of my, my big hobbies. Um, and then work. That's basically it. Honestly, during COVID, man, uh, it's been kind of a, a dream for me because I, I don't have to go out and see a ton of people all the time. I can stay at home and uh, read my books and do some writing and stuff like that. It's, it's been really awesome. So uh, that's kind of my biggest hobby. Um, and yeah, loving the NBA playoffs as well since it just start, uh, started back up. Okay, uh, Eric, you're also you're also a beer junkie. Like you like your you like your adult beverages. You like to try something new and go through things. Like I call that part of your hobby too. Yeah, no? I'd say so. Yeah, I like trying new things, like going to different restaurants and stuff like that. Um, hanging out. Uh, I think beers. I, I would say whiskey. I've been getting into whiskey a little bit uh, over this past covid time which is very exciting so trying some new kentucky bourbons uh with my girlfriend's dad uh the other weekend which is a ton of fun so that's uh definitely something i'd recommend folks do if they're interested at all in liquors is try some kentucky bourbon if anybody who is listening to this podcast knows jordan knows eric get in touch with them because jordan he knows his beer and i know i'm sure eric knows his beer because the time we me and jordan met i will say this i was gonna get me a an espresso shot because I was so tired and Jordan just comes up to the counter and goes, get him a beer, get him, get him a stout or a lager. And I'm like, oh, okay. And he was like, here, this is for you. And I was like, all right. <laughs> so Jordan knows his beer. And yeah, yeah, definitely. Jordan knows his, Jordan knows his beer. I'll say uh, this. I went to Jordan's house for multiple events, including a Super Bowl. And I've had the opportunity to taste many of Jordan's foods. Uh, I'll usually bring some beer to try and kick, you know, thank him a little bit. But uh, I can totally vouch for 
him and his food and cooking and say that it actually tastes better than it looks. Wow. Dang. (laughs) George, what do you have to say to that? I I have to say thank you. And and here's to the next set of foods, whenever those may be, whenever we can meet in person again. Well, hey, hopefully when COVID's over, because I'm planning, at some point I want to go to Canada and I want to go to Toronto. We can do a a cookout. Jordan's all right with it, his house, and we can bring beer and we can all cook or something and just make pizza or something. Even because I remember, I do remember this. I talked to Jordan one time on the phone at Eastside, and he goes, Okay, the next time he goes, We have to eat hot wings at some point together. And that'll be a thing hot wings. Because I know Jordan loves hot wings. Oh, I had some hot wings yesterday. I do love my hot wings. uh, Speaking of the devil, I had some at the Crown and Dragon in Toronto. So I highly recommend we go there. I highly recommend we go there if and when you come up to Canada next. What um, question? Do they have like a, an atomic? Um, this is for my brother who loves hot wings. Um, I don't eat spicy wings, but he does. He does like the atomic, you know, explosion wings. What would you say is the hottest wing there at the wing place Ooh, there in Canada? That's a good question. So I, I'm usually someone who try like medium heat. Like I like some heat, but not overwhelming. So my favorite wing personally is called the Smoke and Gun. It's a smoky Ooh. barbecue mm-hmm. uh, and hot wing. It tastes like you're right in Texas, honestly. It's it's delicious barbecue flavor, but hot. Got a little heat to it. Um, and if you like something a little more sweet, they've got the stinging bee, which is uh, spicy and sweet. It's, it's like honey garlic, but hot. Um, so that one's also delicious. But I haven't had any of the atomic ones to answer your question. Um, I think there's one. It's called like the – what's it called? I think it's called – like the, you're crazy to try this wing or something like that. And it's just like, <laughs> do, uh, do you have to sign a waiver for I, your life? I haven't seen a waivers, but I, I wouldn't be surprised. You know, it's one of those things that you probably get, you know, your meal free if you can finish it. Ah, sounds good. Dr- they have some, I had a couple of other good ones there. Um, Eric, next time you go try the, um, I liked the, the jerk ones. Those were really good. Um, Mardi Gras, surprisingly, it's the dry with um buttery mm. Cajun, um, super tasty. That one was really, really good. And then um, I really like just like the straight Chipotle. It was just, it was just tasty. Oh, I love Chipotle, so I'll get that one next. But uh, I'll be on the lookout for the jerk flavors too. Okay. Jordan, yeah. I have a question for you for Eric. Okay, I remember when Jordan came down, he went to this taco place, and and I think he, Jordan, did you go to Franklin's? I know you went to In and Out, um, the burger place. I did go to Franklin's. Okay. Franklin's was amazing. Would you recommend that to Eric if he comes to Texas at some point? Eric, mm-hmm. <laughs> if you go to Texas at some point, I will recommend, no matter how long the line is no matter how much time you need to wait, <laughs> that you wait in line at Franklin's Barbecue and get the number one brisket in the wow, world. Wow, in the world. High praise. <laughs> yes. Wow, okay. Well, I, I'll have to do that. Next time uh, I, I come down south, I'll make a, an appointment in my calendar for Franklin's to try the, to try the brisket because that sounds pretty spectacular. Nick, I've got a question for you, actually. Have you go for it. Ever, have, any, yeah, have you ever go been to Tennessee and tried Tennessee hot chicken? No, I've heard it's good, but never been that far. Uh, I mean, I've been through Tennessee. I've been through Nashville, but never like stopped and like checked it out. You know, it was just passing through traveling. Oh, that's. Um, but, okay. I would say if you do ever end up there, 
um, check out some of the hot chicken. I, I went to Tennessee for the first time ever in probably January of this year, right before the pandemic started. And mm-hmm. I had so much fried chicken, I almost exploded. Uh, but they're hot chicken. <laughs> if It's not too spicy at most places. It's just a little bit of heat. And it's so crispy and delicious. I think you'll love it. I think I can do that. Not not too much heat because then it would just uh, I get real sick. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to mess up your stomach, but it's worth trying. Well, hey, I'll make I'll, I'll make a deal with you. If I go to Tennessee, I will try chicken. You come to uh, you come to Texas down south. You come to Austin or even West Texas, uh, out in the middle of the desert where I live. We will go get some barbecue and we will have a feast: brisket, Amazing. ribs, potato salad. Uh, pinto beans, uh, macaroni salad, and chicken, and uh, pulled pork. Ooh, that sounds delicious. <laughs> and maybe we can. What is the... Maybe we can drag Jordan along. Uh, put him in. Uh, drag him along with you, so he can um, be the judge. I'll stuff him in my suitcase. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Jordan, you were gonna say something. <sighs> I was gonna say, what's what's the green side dish where you are? Because like I know in some places, like in the other parts of the south, like it's like collard greens with like bacon. Um, sometimes there's like some Brussels sprouts. Like, what's the green vegetable um, as a side dish? In West, like where in you West are, West Texas, it's mostly um, some places you will find uh, collard greens with like um, oxtail, but that's very rare. Um, most of it's like green beans, you know, peas, you know, stuff like that. You know, what mom always said, eat your vegetables, you know, and you're like, oh, I don't want to. It's just disgusting. Because <laughs> I don't know about y'all. My mom was always like, eat your vegetables. And I had dogs. I would always try to feed my food to the dogs. That's funny. Yeah, I, I the same way. I had to eat so much broccoli as a kid. I hated it. But now I like broccoli, weirdly. I love broccoli and Brussels sprouts. Uh, recommendation for Brussels sprouts: uh, put it on a f- uh, on a cooking uh, cookie sheet, uh, some foil, uh, fresh gla- uh, cracked pepper, olive oil, and some garlic, and a little bit of lemon juice, and it's pretty good. Ooh, you know what? I would say the only thing that I would add to that, which I've tried, and my it. mom makes, is drizzle a little bit of real Canadian maple syrup on top. Put it in the oven and it there you go. It's amazing. Okay, I've never tried real yeah. maple syrup. I've tried the stuff at the store. What oh. is real? Let's talk about it. Okay, you got it. You got to try some real Canadian maple syrup at some point, Nick. It's uh, like we have these what are called sugar shacks out in the wilderness in like Ontario and Quebec up here in Canada. And uh-huh. you go out and they literally have these lines hooked up to all these maple trees, all running downhill into these huge vats of sap that they boil down to, to maple syrup, like real maple syrup straight from the trees. Uh, and you can try it there and it's so authentic and sweet and sticky. And it's like 10,000 times better than what you get at the store. Hey, well, if I, if I, if I Venmo y'all some money, y'all should totally send me some cause I would totally try it. I love pancakes. (laughs) Yeah. Not kidding. I'm not kidding. I love pancakes and bacon with syrup. There's also um, there's also a grading system when it comes to um, different maple syrups. There's like uh, the types of amber and the, the sugar content. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think the most Canadian snack of all time, and people will say it's a Timbit from Tim Hortons. Uh, people will say like a bunch of things. I think the number one thing, in my opinion, is you go up to those sugar shacks, like Eric was explaining, uh, closer to the winter time. And they have an ice block out wherever it may be. And they actually pour the maple syrup onto the snow or ice block. And then they wrap it 
onto basically a stick. Okay, can you repeat that? Because you cut out for a brief sec. Okay. I was saying that um, one of the most Canadian snacks, I think in those sugar shacks, uh, in the winter, they'll actually take the maple syrup. They will pour it onto the snow or the ice and then turn a stick over it. And it basically becomes like a frozen maple syrup lollipop. And it's just the most Canadian thing ever. And it's unbelievable. I can vouch for that. It's delicious. Okay. You guys are from Canada. I've tried poutine. Do you guys like poutine? What what's the what's the verdict on poutine? Where's the best poutine? Because I've tried it and I love it. I love cheese curds. I can start with this one. I mean, for <laughs> me, I won't lie. The mo the majority of the times that I've had poutine has been after a night out with friends, and I might have had one or two too many daddy sodas. If you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, so I'll end up getting. We can on here on here. We'll just guys. It's alcohol beverages here. You can say alcohol. Okay. I just wanted to be extra careful, you know. Um, but we, I would go out with friends and then end up at the end of the night getting some delicious poutine. And let me tell you, my favorite poutine is Smokes Poutinery. I mean, it's pretty standard. It's a regular chain, but you can find them in most Canadian cities. And especially what I like is their pulled pork poutine specifically. So it's Ooh. got crispy fries it's got squeaky cheese curds like homemade gravy and then shredded pulled pork kind of over the top and it's so good it's like melty and gooey and and delicious and i always feel terrible the next morning but when you're eating it it's like nothing better eric did you say squeaky cheese curds is that am i am i did i just hear that right that's (laughs) absolutely right yeah they're they're literally exactly how they sound they're squeaky Okay, because I was like, he may have said that wrong. I just want to clarify. No, Jordan. <laughs> they are yeah, supposed to be squeaky. So when you eat them, they, they it's yes. like rubber. They, they have that grittiness. They have that little squeak to it. And that's because of the way the cheese curd is actually formed. Um, it's a little bit, you know, stringier. It's just that that's like the natural texture of the cheese without it being fermented without it being um further like developed so it's supposed to be squeaky the squeakier the cheese curd the fresher it is um if you have something that melts it's not true cheese curd it's not true poutine you don't want stuff that melts um because you really just otherwise it's like a lot of times they just people put in like mozzarella and it's not the same taste as like a squeaky chewy delicious cheese curd. okay okay huh Jordan, I, I, I have, um, I have an addition to this. So I, I mean, smokes is great. Um, uh, you know, the only other poutine I can think of is like, I was out in Montreal and there was a place and I had it, but, um, I do have a quick smokes poutinery, um, great story. And, uh, Eric is actually from your hometown Kingston. Oh, wow. Um, late night, a late night after drinking, we went to a party, um, and I was dating my now wife. Um, and we go in and we're like, yeah, we need to get a poutine. We need to, we just, we need this right now. And some guy, obviously very inebriated, walks inside, looks around, walks to the side, grabs a 20 pound bag of potatoes and starts to walk out the door. And, uh, literally the owner sees, seems to like not, not move, not like, flinch at all just walks out calmly and we just see him returning with the bag of potatoes saying they're my potatoes and that was it that was it he just walked right back to the back and that was the end of it that's funny 
That is wow. <laughs> okay, you said y'all, y- we've been talking about food. What is what is also something that uh, most Americans that don't know that Canada is known for? And also, I want to know what is the difference between um, Vancouver, Canada, and Toronto and Montreal? Are they all part of Canada, or is it different? What what's the deal on that? I can start with the city, the city's so, question. I'll, I'll... Uh, I think the, the, the biggest, yeah, go, go. so there are three really separate places. So Jordan and I are both from Toronto, which is kind of like I would describe as the New York of Canada, if you will. It's the biggest city. Um, it's actually the fourth biggest city in North America overall, only behind LA, New York and Mexico city. So it's a pretty big uh, city, but it's awesome. Like it's a, uh, fully diverse there's people from all over the world living in toronto making different kinds of food um it's got like a thriving economy lots of jobs um and it's just a cool place it's right on the water on the lake ontario um vancouver is way out on the west coast so it's like right north of california um toronto is just north of what i don't know new york i guess um so Vancouver is great too. It's got the West coast weather. It's a little bit warmer. It's kind of foggy and rainy, but there's mountains and the ocean that are both right there. So Ooh. if you're someone who likes to go hiking or go to the beach or be outside, Vancouver is pretty great. It is pretty rainy, um, but it, it's definitely got kind of a more relaxed lifestyle and like a more outdoors lifestyle than Toronto, whereas Toronto is kind of more hustle and bustle. And then Montreal is the, the third city and it, it's, pretty dramatically different because it's in quebec which their first language is french so even though okay. they're, they're part of canada all three of the cities are in canada part of the country uh quebec is a province um that like i said was originally colonized by the french and so they all speak french uh for the first language um montreal is pretty bilingual though so if you don't speak french and you go to montreal you'll still be fine like mo- almost everyone can speak english or at least understand enough to get by um but you'll notice like most of the signs are in french um most of the people might have an accent it's a pretty pretty unique culture okay now you say provinces would that be i guess the u.s is uh to to, like how we have states the state of texas tennessee would that be provinces would that be i guess canada's states in a way yeah it's the same thing we have uh i believe it was 10 provinces and three territories jordan is that right something like that yeah, so yeah. We, we have provinces instead of states. It's just a different naming convention. Okay. And I remember one time, I think Jordan had mentioned this, we were um, on a uh, coffee chat that um, that Canada, they do, uh, we do grade school. What did you say, Jordan, that it was uh, like 10th grade, 12th grade, or what was it? And I, I'm, I'm remembering this now, but I cannot remember the full story or what we're talking about. Yeah, a few little differences. I mean, we call it, instead of the sixth grade or seventh grade or eighth grade, we call it grade five or grade six or grade seven. Um, So you are in grade seven. Um, You aren't a seventh grader here in Canada. Just, just little naming and naming conventions and nomenclature. One thing I want to add to the differences between Canada, what Canada is known for. um, We are actually the inventors of Hawaiian pizza. Um, as well, we are the inventors of the California roll. Um, You're kidding. For sushi. Uh, I am not <laughs> kidding. The, the California roll originated in Vancouver in the late, so I think it was the early 1960s. Um, it was a Japanese Canadian uh, who came over and did stuff with crab, avocado, 
and cucumber. Um, and then because uh, it had the avocado and cucumber, um, he decided to name it the, the California roll. Um, and it just kind of took off from there. Same thing with the pineapple pizza, the Hawaiian pizza um, that originated like sweet and salty uh, over here north of the border. So some cool things there. So to, where, to where did it get its name Hawaiian pizza? Why didn't they call it just Canadian pizza? Um, I think it's because of the pineapple and it just had an exotic feel and vibe to it. Yeah, Canada okay. pizza would just be like frozen pizza, I think. Okay, question. We're talking about pizza. Is Canadian bacon what we eat? here in the states is that is that actual real canadian bacon or is it, is it what's real canadian bacon y'all know it uh, i i've just i've always wondered what is real canadian bacon is it bacon is it ham what what is it what what, what you call canadian bacon well, well, is what we call back bacon <laughs> okay. um it's a different part no it's a different part of the the pig altogether okay. it's not the same we call bacon bacon. Like bacon's the same for us, like strips of bacon. Um, the the other difference is then um, we also have pea meal bacon, which is a Canadian specialty. Mm. It's back bacon or what you would call Canadian bacon. And then the outside is dusted with cornmeal. And then it's usually fried and you can have like a pea meal sandwich. And it's like little crispy deliciousness. Um it's just like some little regional things, like how everywhere in the state, everywhere has a different burger. So, like, I call it basically the same. So, there's no real, real Canadian bacon. You guys call it Canadian <laughs> bacon. We just call it back bacon. Okay. But then we both call bacon bacon, okay. like regular bacon. Okay. And then we call we have the third thing called pea meal bacon, which is back bacon or ham, basically, um, then dusted with cornmeal and yeah i like i like that better than regular canadian bacon okay let's uh, we're getting into food so jordan eric what is your favorite for the holidays i don't know if y'all do thanksgiving i know we do here but uh canada i think i looked it up canada actually has more holidays than the united states a little bit more um what is your favorite go-to is it turkey ham honey ham or is it prime rib or steak or any of that realm what what would be like the main thing like in the middle of the table for your your holiday or you know what would be on the middle of the table turkey ham or what would it be yeah so we do we do thanksgiving just like the states um we're just a month early so you guys do yours in november i think we do ours in october Um, okay so it's, it's funny, like whenever you guys have your, your vacation for Thanksgiving, we've already had ours. Um, but yeah, to answer your question, like we usually go with two Thanksgiving meals, one on my mom's side, one on my dad's side. On my mom's side, we'll almost always have a turkey of some kind uh, with stuffing and gravy and stuff like that. Um, but then for my dad's side, we'll normally do some kind of ham, like a, like a glazed ham or something like that. Uh, but we'll have like scalloped potatoes maybe some mashed potatoes, some, uh, you know, green salad, some green beans, extra stuffing, uh, and then delicious apple pie for dessert. So yeah, it's pretty similar. I think the Canada and American Thanksgiving the only difference is, uh, the timing. Okay. Eric, you said stuffing. Uh, do you like it just plain stuffing or like with olives or anything, you know, to make the stuffing? What do you usually do? Yeah, I don't do olives, but usually like lots of onions, breadcrumbs, um, like a little garlic. Uh, I, I don't honestly make it myself. I just enjoy it. But uh, I don't know if it's what, what a standard stuffing is, but I, I like mine um, definitely bready and full of garlic and then usually put some extra extra gravy on top of that. Ooh, 
Jordan? Um, my so interestingly enough, we don't really do my family doesn't do Thanksgiving. It's not like the states where everyone does it. Um, they're just you know, we never really grew up doing it. Um, because there's usually like other things going on. Um, I actually have been celebrating American Thanksgiving probably for the last 10 years, um, because I love football too much. So since the 10th grade, uh, I've either taken off school or come home early from school or take it off work, come home early from work to watch football. And usually um, the menu consists of some kind of, you know, long, long cooking event for, for lunch. So like we'll do a chili starting in the morning or we'll do a soup um, or we'll do some like some stew of some sort. Um, and then usually there's chicken wings at some point in the day. Um we have never done like a whole turkey because we have people come for lunch sometimes. We have people come for dinner and a little bit in and out. The one thing that's an absolute staple though is um, my grandfather's secret recipe fried potatoes. Um, we make them two times a year. We make them around Christmas time and we make them at American Thanksgiving. So usually a month apart and then that's enough for the year. Um but uh, just a little hint into the secret recipe. Uh, the potatoes are completely boiled. You use usually Yukon gold potatoes. Uh, they are almost fall apart boiled. You let them then cool, you skin them, and you cube them. Um, and then you basically shallow fry them in some peanut oil or some frying oil. And halfway through, you throw in some chopped yellow onion, uh, very finely, like, like very nicely chopped and it just creates the crispiest, crunchiest potato um, and the most delicious potato altogether. Uh, there's some few extra other little steps that I can't say because it's our secret recipe, but that's what we usually do for Thanksgiving. Jordan, Eric, do you like potatoes with a lot of butter and cheese or just plain potatoes? Like mashed potatoes, I mean. Um, ah, mashed potatoes. I, I like, uh, I like, garlic mashed potatoes i like peppery mashed potatoes um do i need a lot of cheese in them no not not necessarily how do you like yours me um i like them the way my mom makes them she's always done it since i was little and that is uh i think like three or i don't remember thing like two sticks of butter and some cream heavy cream and usually whip some the the whip mashed potatoes and with hey some guys. pepper. Sorry about that. Are you there? Yeah, sorry. I think I lost you for a sec. Okay, um, Eric, we're talking we're oh. talking about mashed potatoes. Ooh, delicious! My favorite. Um, I was uh, Jordan asked me. Um, I was saying that uh, usually my mom makes mashed potatoes and meatloaf, um, or anything with mashed potatoes, but. I do. We do. She does. I uh, think two sticks of butter and some a little bit of garlic and with cheese and some heavy cream, and they're like the most amazing thing. It's like eating a cloud if you could eat a cloud. Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> I like. I do like clouds. I hear they're pretty tasty. Yes, uh, Nick. So, I have a question for you, actually, if you don't mind. Um, go ahead. Have you had a chance to try the Eastside Four? I actually did. Um, I. It wow! I just I I can't believe how far Eastside has come. I mean that just the the quality is really good. Um, it's a little bit better. I will say it's definitely better than the Eastside three. Um, and it doesn't hurt your head. 
it doesn't it's not tiring to leave it on you can wear it comfortably um i i do miss wearing it it's nice because the the picture is much like it's basically looking at your cell phone with the camera cell phone that's as clear as the camera is Oh, that's um, great. What's your favorite uh, yeah. new aspect of it? Is it the comfort or the, the visuals? Uh, I definitely say the, the, the video recording. That is awesome. That is something yeah. I, I think we had talked about. You had talked about, and I had mentioned to Jordan a lot of times, hey, this is what needs to be in play. And they, they did answer that for me and putting a, a video recorder in it because, you know, it's like, oh, hey, you know, you can – somebody – I always – reference this because it's so true if somebody were to uh hit us hit me or my parents or whatever you know i could take a picture of their their license plate and i can send it to the authorities and be like hey he's already gone i can pull his license plate up and i can send it to you but now i can take a picture of it and now you can video it and get the person's actual face Mm. and you know which is most people are like, what the heck? How do you, are you some kind of cyborg? I get that all the time, <laughs> you know? And I mean, people are, are just in awe. I remember the, the first time I w- got eSight and I went to school and my professor at the time, he goes, what is that on your head? And I was like, it's eSight. I just got it. He goes, are you some kind of cyborg or are you, um, what are you? Are you Jordy LaForge from Star Trek? I was like, no, I wish. I mean, I'd be great. I'd be filthy rich. I wouldn't have to be in school. <laughs> 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 but you know, I just eSight definitely the new eSight is um better, it's comfortable, um, and it's nice because they finally put the battery pack on the eSight itself. You don't have to be tied to a wire. And I don't know how many times I've done it where I'm in the kitchen and the wire gets caught on the cabinet. Oh yeah. On the sink and it just it comes the remote goes flying, but the eSight's on my head and the remote goes flying, and I'm like, Oh, not again. Yeah. You know, and, I I definitely uh, just it's a lot better. Um, Jordan, didn't you get to try it out for a little bit? Yeah, I was, I was on most of the testing for it. So I, you know, the only thing I I always like to preface is that I'm not visually impaired. I don't see the benefit of it all the way through. Um, but I'm so happy that so many users are liking it so far. Jordan, I do have a question. If 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 you were to become visually impaired, would you use eSight or would you maybe use some one thousand percent? Whatever, whatever, whatever would help me see. Um, it's easy for me to say this. I don't know how I would actually feel. Hopefully, it never comes to that. Um, but whatever's going to help me see, whether it's eSight, a different product, a surgery, um, whatever's going to help me see that. that okay, we, you just said surgery, and I want to know from both of y'all if y'all have heard anything because it seems like I don't hear anything. Maybe Canada is more advanced than America as far as high tech stuff. It seems like they already are with eSight. But have you guys heard of um, uh, cornea transplants? Is that in the works, you know, to get, let's say you have optic nerve atrophy like I do. Could I possibly go to Canada and get a cornea transplant, you know, get somebody's other eyeball and swap it in, you know, change the tire, you know, and, and be able to see 2020? Is that something that Canada is maybe working on? Because it seems like here in the States, in, in the U.S., it's always like, oh, well, that's too far out. You know, that may not be possible. I'm like, well, maybe Canada's more ahead of it than we are. Yeah, it's a good question, man. I, I haven't heard anything myself. I do know that, you know, they're always making advancements and that science moves faster than you think. So I definitely wouldn't rule it out by any means. But um, no, if I'm being... Completely honest, I haven't heard anything about cornea transplants or or anything like that up in Canada. Yeah, me neither. 
Dang, I thought Jordan and Eric would be the first ones to say, "Yeah, we've heard it. We've heard it." <laughs> I wish, man. I wish I could tell you. I wish I could tell you that was the truth. I, I was hoping, or or Isa or Canada comes out with this like robotic eye where you take out your non-good eyeball and you can be like the Terminator and you can just you have like this red eyeball and you can just be like a you know the Terminator, you know the Terminator, and and you know and read people and all this cool stuff, you know their bio and just look at them and be like, oh my gosh. Well, I, I think then you'd actually be the cyborg that you were talking about before. Say it again, Jordan. I think then you would actually be the cyborg that you were kind of talking about before. Uh, yes. Dang it. <laughs> Dang. Well, Eric, Jordan, I just, again, I want to say thank you for, um, you know, taking y'all's time, uh, taking time out of your day to come on my podcast. I appreciate it, you know, and, you know, once COVID hopefully soon is over, because I am exhausted. It's actually raining outside my house right now, so we're getting some rain. We never get rain in this part of Texas. If you ever look up the history of West Texas, it's very rare we get rain, um, and right now it's raining, so it's kind of nice because it's mostly just dust all the time. If you wash your car, your car is going to get dirty with dust. Yeah, I feel you, man. No, I, I think I, you know we'd love to have you up and be able to i'd love to meet you in person just because you know we talked a lot on the phone but uh, i've never been able to you know see you in person so whether i come down to toronto or come down to uh, texas sorry or you come out to toronto i'd love to you know grab uh, some food with you at some point okay jordan i, I want to ask you a question um i don't know if you're okay with this but um you did mention a story if i can if it's okay with you because i i did mention this to my little brother about you are you are somewhat cousins with Drake. Is that true? Because I don't. <laughs> yes, it's not not me. my cousin's cousin. Uh, uh, through a marriage, through whatever else. Um, yes, they they are are cousins with Drake. Is actually, I have to dig it up, but um, we have circulating in whatever group chat there are with some of our cousins a photo of Drake as a little six year old boy dressed in. Uh, rainbow suspenders and a rainbow bow tie um, alongside one of my other cousins. Uh, so yes, um, that that's the story. Not every Canadian knows Drake, but this is the one instance that that is. I've never met him. I, I don't know anything else about him, but that's just the one picture. That okay, because I, I remember you had talked about that, and like my brother did not believe me. My brother thought I was lying. I'm like, no, I'm being dead serious. I'm not. I'm not BSing you. I'm being serious. This came from Jordan himself, and he goes, "No, you're you're making that up." He just told you that just to mess with me. I'm like, okay, whatever. Believe what you want. But I heard it. No, no. <laughs> I will dig. I will dig up the photo. I'm gonna. I'm gonna message my cousin right now um and see if we can get the photo hey um, on, on that note the receptionist at my building that i've been at uh, she used to be a receptionist at drake's building in downtown toronto and so she she used to be able to spy on him when he was hooking up with uh girls in the elevator because she had access to the elevator videos and so apparently one night she saw him oh. and rihanna uh making out in the elevator um when she was working there <laughs> This just gets better and better. TMZ on steroids. There you go. There's Toronto life for you. Oh, my gosh. 
Um, well, guys, I appreciate your time. Um, and guys, if anybody who's listening would like to follow Jordan uh, on Instagram, it is Fine Foods with Fine Facts, uh, Fine Foods with Fine Wax on Instagram. And I don't know if they have. I think they have a Facebook page. I'm not sure. Jordan, we do. Okay, so it is. Yeah, we do. It, it's we the do. same handle. It is indeed. And I recommend Jordan maybe coming out with a YouTube channel. Um, I would tune in. I would be number one subscriber. I would be like, yo, go subscribe. <laughs> well, I, I appreciate that, Nick. And Nick, always awesome chatting with you. Uh, best of luck on this series moving forward. And super happy that we could join Thank today. you. And Eric, you know, um, if you guys ever come down, hopefully I can come down there or you both of y'all come down to Texas and we can go to Franklin's and uh, take a tent and camp out at four in the morning to get some Franklin's barbecue. Cause some people actually do that, get there really early in the morning, drink beer, uh, take lawn chairs, play uh, cornhole. I mean, it's like the whole nine yards. That sounds amazing, man. I can't wait. Sweet. Well, Hey, uh, for anybody that's listening, you can catch us on anchor, Spotify, Apple music, or any of the platforms.